Welcome to the latest edition of the Sharp Dojo series. I'm your host, as always, Billy. And I'd like to first off apologise to anyone watching the video stream of this. Uh, yes, I'm wearing a vest. It is Scotland and it's start, like almost 30 degrees. It's just awful. Um, I'm my guests probably having a worse time of it if you, if you are watching the video feed because of, of the whole uh, hair complexion. But, but who is the guest? Uh, the guest that joined me at this time on the Sharp Dojo series, nominated by Luke King Sharp, is Sean Moran. Welcome to the show. No, thank you again for having me, Billy. It's um, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. Uh, me too. It's, it's like I was saying before we hit record, when when Lou told me that's who was on the show, I was like, great. I know I've got plenty to speak about. Um, and yeah. so far, of the wrestlers that I've, I've spoke to, you're actually one I've seen wrestle as well, which is always good. <laughs> it's always a handy thing. Oh, to, thank you. Um, so the first question is always the same, though, in any of these podcasts. It's how did you get into pro wrestling? What got you hooked? Oh God! Um, to be honest, I I can't really recall like a specific moment where I, you know how like everybody has like a first memory of like watching their very first like uh, episode of Raw or Nitro and all that. Uh, mine was it was more or less quite gradual, you know, where I obviously had like the old um, I had the old uh, Cartoon Network channel where don't know if you remember, but you know, nine o'clock or eight o'clock every Friday night, it switches to TNT and Nitro would be the first thing to come on. So, you know, I think that was like my first sort of introduction as to what what wrestling actually was. Uh, but I think when I started watching like WWF on like Sky One, uh, Saturday or Sunday mornings is kind of where I first properly got an event, I got really into it. Um, I I always say this, I think the first match I can properly say that I watched from start to finish was, it's not even a match, it's the Hollywood backlot brawl between Roddy Piper and Goldust from WrestleMania 12. Right. So that was, so I, I don't know, I like, it's always the one that when people say, what's the first match you can ever remember? That's always the one that always, that I always lean towards. Um, just because for what it was, it was a, it still is an absolute spectacle uh, to watch, and you know, I know it's like pre-taped or cinematic, but it, it's one of those like perfect examples of here's why is wrestling for like an eight-year-old be why is wrestling the best sport? Well, you can pretty much hit your opponent with every want, and you can try and run them over and not get not get fired from it. You don't get that in football, you know. Um, but yeah, that's always the one that I uh, always. I always say it's like the first one that I properly remember from start to finish. I probably did watch like a couple of like matches out of context, but you know, from start to finish, that's easily the first one I can recall. That I mean, do, and you would have been too young to to get the whole Bronco white Bronco reference and all that kind of stuff. So it's just been another part of the match for you. Um, Honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clock onto the white Bronco thing until I looked up, like. I don't know. I think it was like one of those wrestling sites when I was like 10. And so like AOL or the internet was becoming more vast. And they said, oh, we use clips from this. Oh, what's this? Oh, oh no, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, 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 that's grim. But that, I mean, that your first match that you remember, it's, it's kind of the perfect thing when, when you have people, I'm not saying they're just, just, right or wrong, saying, oh, my first match was this amazing technical clinic. I remember it move for move. No, you don't. You remember the moment. You remember the silliness. You remember the, the bit that got you into it. Because I'll be honest, technical stuff wouldn't have got me into wrestling. It was seeing 
it was the fir- the inferno match. It was seeing Kane being set on fire. Yeah, that's the bit that got me and going, oh, I need to see more of this. I have nightmares, but I need to see more of oh, it. You know, and you know what? I think everybody from around that time uh, when we were growing up will say the exact same thing. Uh, even if you just look at, say, like a few other wrestling YouTubers, for example, like, you know, uh, Brian Zane from Wrestling Regret said that his first memory is him just seeing this big undead zombie fight like his masked br- brother in like a ring of fire. And that was like the first thing that he clocked on to. Um, I think that's... So I think that's one of the best things about going back to like the actual there or like the late nineties is you know it's it, it is those eye catching visuals and characters that get everybody into it first, and then your appreciation for the other aspects of wrestling comes in afterwards. Absolutely. So, who are your first favorites then when it came to the whole wrestling? Thing? Uh, well. Um, Obviously, like, just going through, like, everybody else's favourites at the time, The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, who's probably at the top of my list as, like, all-time favourite. Uh, Kane, um, I gotta admit, I always had an appreciation for, like, even, like, the, see, like, the mid-card or, like, lesser-known characters at the time. Like, I loved the, I loved the Godfather. I loved, um, I loved the Dudley Boys. Um, I, oh, I always remember, like, the first two proper heels that, I actually appreciated for being heels were Kurt Angle and the right to censor. Those like two very different aspects, but like you know, back then it's kind of like I kind of love Kurt Angle just because he was just so entertaining and he was like that first bad guy that I saw that can actually back up what he was saying. And then with the right to censor, um, it was the first proper one where like it kind of clicked on to me that they were doing so well with what they were doing. Um, so it's like. Say for like the first six months they were on, I just same with everybody else. I just couldn't stand them being on TV, and then one moment it just clicked on me like, oh, they're actually really good at what they're doing. Okay, I've got more of appreciation for those guys. For for my money, I even though the Godfather hates it, I loved the Good Father. I loved the whole oh, thing about it. It was amazing. I I always I always look at those like, and everybody has. So there were theories on how they could improve, like the right to censor and all that. Like, I always, I, I, I did love the idea of them just getting guys like the Godfather and Val Venus into it. Um, some people online will say that they should have gone further and actually got guys, uh, say for example, like Gangrel in it. You know, like, <laughs> like, like you're like you know you reprogram like the blood, the bloody vampire <laughs> into like this religious. <laughs> suit wearing like fanatic you know um I-, I think it's definitely like one of the most underappreciated like factions um out there but uh, you know it's you know you, you can take voice like they kind of they kind of left just before they got stale but again you can also think that there's so much more they could have done with that uh, around that time no i think i think there's still time for it as well when you saw like retribution come in if i think they mm. could have they could have done it the right sensor way they could have just been Absolute, just annoying. I mean, they were annoying for different reasons, but like oh, yeah. pur- purposely annoying. And uh, could have, instead of this greater, higher purpose, could have just been, no, we want TV to be clean. So we'll stop. Yeah. Um, well, actually, there's not that many like dirty things now in, in WWE because they're aiming for a PG environment, but they could have found reasons. They could have found uh, tiny, ridiculous reasons like, uh, oh, you can't wear 
right after Labor Day. You know, it's like could have found ways to to make it as ridiculous as possible to censor yeah. stuff. Um, just ban people off Twitter. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So how did you get from watching to training? Um. Well, to be honest, like I never really. I kind of knew there was a Scottish wrestling scene, uh, just very vaguely from just like hearing about it. Um, I remember when I was like 12, um, obviously when I was like eight or 10, uh, I went to the tribute shows uh, that used to run like quite close by. Uh, I know they, they do get a flag, but to be honest, like for what they were, they were actually still a lot of fun. But I remember when I was 12 going to a... A, well, it was a Scottish Championship wrestling show uh, at the Greenock Town Hall uh, where it had, um, I remember Conscience being the main event on it and uh, I think William Grange was also on the card as well. Um, uh, no, there was, a, there was a few others in there, so I was kind of vaguely familiar with it, like going in and going out. Uh, I never actually started fully uh, getting invested into the scene until about... Uh, I'd say about 2011 or 2012 when uh, there was another couple of shows run at the Grand Town Hall. And then obviously that's when ICW started becoming more prominent. And you, again, it was just for word of mouth, like, oh, you should you should watch these shows at the Glasgow Guards. They're great. And I started to um, I started to find out a lot more about them. Um I know there was also a couple of SWA shows that also ran out in the union where I went to, uh, where I went to university in Paisley. Uh, and then just for that, I just kind of started researching and I realized that not only was there like multiple wrestling promotions quite close to Glasgow, but there's also multiple wrestling schools quite close to, uh, quite close to Glasgow. Uh, so I just, even before, even before I took the interest in thinking, you know what, life's too short, I think I'll give this a go. I'd start to try and take my time to see, you know, what wrestlers were, were, were most prominent in the scene, what shows were most prominent in the scene and how training, uh, how training tends to go. Because uh, I'm pretty sure, you, you know, going through like these, uh, for these interviews that you'll get a lot of people that will say, oh, nobody, you know, nobody tends to look up what training is and it becomes a big surprise. Uh, when they walk through the doors, uh, I, I more or less just sort of just looked into how each school operated and see what one was the best choice for me. Uh, I always feel like it's, it's always beneficial if you can actually research what you're going into before you go into it. Uh, so that's that's kind of the route I took with it. That's, just, that's a very like logical way to do it as well. It's not a dice went right. That one's the closest. There we go. Let's go to that. Um, so to actually just do your do your research and, and yep. I suppose the school that you, you started at would be uh, PBW, uh, yep. WNA. and mm -hmm. at the time, I mean even now who's who have come out of that school. So it's it's uh, definitely one of one of the more prominent ones um, uh, with with who's coming out of it. Um, as far as as being prepared for it was, did you have a bit of a sport background? Did you do things like football, anything like that that, that had your, your cardio prepared? I never, I kind of, I was never really a sporty guy, to be honest. Like, I was very much, um, in high school, like, I did get more sociable as the years progressed, but I was always more of an introvert, so I never really took part in, I never really took part in sports, I never really, uh, I never really did the whole, you know, going out and getting drunk like every other teenager does. Like, to be honest, Billy, like, 
my teenage years usually consisted of watching wrestling on the weekends or playing video games or going out to the, the cinema with my grandfather every week. You know, that's that's sort of like the uh, that's sort of like the the kind of stuff I that I did growing up. I did take part in like I did take part in like karate for about two or three years in like my early teens. But when I was going to start wrestling, that was. It was kind of a long time before I did anything physical or even fitness-wise due to uh, university or, like, work. Uh, so even, like, months before, I started trying to lose a little bit of, of weight beforehand. I kind of knew, like, I was never – I wasn't going to walk in being, like, a star athlete, but at least I can try and get myself a little bit prepared for what I was walking into. So I, I actually really – I wasn't really starting going to the gym properly like say six months before I started wrestling training in all honesty uh and ever since then I've just become more regular when it comes to like my my fitness and like exercise ethic uh so six months of, pre of preparation first day of course PBW so there's there's no ring it's the mats uh it's, it's well established so far if anyone I've spoken to um was that was that I mean you did your research but when you went in and saw there was no ring was there a little bit you going yeah. Okay. Right. We'll just see how it goes. Or, or how, how how was that first day? Uh, I mean, to be honest, like the 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 no match didn't surprise me because again, like, um, so like prior to prior to going to school, I actually emailed the uh, the head at the time, just ask, just saying, okay, what can I expect going in? I'm twenty one. Is it still? Is it still? Uh, you know, am I too old, or you know, what what can I what 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 can I really, uh, what, what can I really see myself going in as? And uh, he responded uh, quite professionally, just saying, "Look, uh, you're never too old. You can start. People have started like in their late twenties, and they're still managed to go into pretty good careers. Uh, we do do basic mats. We don't use a ring, and reason why is just we feel like the ring should be a privilege, not a right. Which um, again, I, I I can I can. I can see, I can agree with that. Um, and then I, I, this is, this is going back. So I remember them, I remember when Simon Casty still did the Wrestle Shark show and they had obviously the head of PBW and Damo from SWA going on talking about their different aspects of training. And uh, I remember listening to that. So, you know, I, I, again, I still knew where, I, what to expect, but I, I'll be honest, I was a bag of nerves. Uh, going in because I'm like, okay, you know, new guy. I'm. I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna properly like fit in, or are they going to find me as too big of a wrestling geek? And it was actually Scott Maverick who was the first person who saw me uh, and said, "Hey, are you okay? You know, you're looking a bit worried. See, chill out. Don't worry." And you know, he had me sit down with a few of the other guys at training and. Basically, him um, and a few others at the time. I think it was Tommy Marks and Chris Rampage as well that were sitting down. Uh, Ease my nerves, and then uh, when I went in, uh, it was it was actually Stevie Xavier that took me through my basics and bumps for the first time on my first day. And uh, I cannot fully commend Stevie, Scott Maverick, and everybody else on that day to basically helping me relax and actually making me feel welcome on my first day. So, you know, you know, if they're there, I, I, I can't thank, I can't thank them enough for that. 
it's, it's a bit of a weird environment. I mean, even nowadays that, that you could be uh, not picked on, but kind of marked out for, for being too much of a fan, being a wrestler. It's like, it's a, that's the least I'd expect if you're being a wrestler to actually know what you're, you're getting yourself into. <laughs> it's just I a can, weird thing. I mean, I can, under, I can understand that a little bit because uh, just beforehand, uh, me and my pal went to New York for WrestleMania 29. And we did bump into like, uh, we did that, like, and see being in New York during WrestleMania week was amazing because, you know, you'd literally bump into like a wrestling fan uh, every five minutes and you're just getting like this big passionate like conversation with like a lot of people in like the middle of Times Square and it was great. But then you get like, like, I remember one fan and I always remember it because it's always one that I always I always find funny but he was like moaning about like wrestlers that he didn't like so he's like oh yeah man that, that CM Punk he's an asshole man I can't believe that and I was like oh well, why do you think CM Punk's an asshole man I waited outside his hotel room for six hours <laughs> six hours and he didn't sign my autograph I, I, you know I found his hotel and everything and I cannot believe cannot believe that he didn't sign my autograph what an asshole <laughs> Like, okay, I can understand why we found bread. <laughs> I, I think I think I that goes beyond that the point of a fan. I think I'm stalking. I know. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the wrestling redneck version of play Misty for me or Field Attraction. <laughs> I, I remember like. The- <laughs> I will never moan about it when I go past the Northern Hotel and I see the, the, the fans queuing up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock show ever again because they're always happy to be there if a guy is getting pissed at CM Punk because he, he, he had the audacity to not sign uh, something for a guy to be sitting outside his hotel room for six hours. Exactly. <laughs> it's always like one of my... It's one of my star- it's even when I, like, I start telling people like after... Like after training that happened, they're just like, you really wait outside for that long? Like, well, apparently. He might have been downplaying it a little bit because he didn't want to feel embarrassed. So it's probably more some so long, like 10 hours. It's like six hours seems seems more appropriate, you know? Like 10 hours just seems desperate. I know. They don't want to go with double figures. That just, just seems a bit that seems a bit too know, intense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, would there be a wrestler that you would hang a boot for, for six to ten hours to me? I just no, I said their hotel room anyway, like an actual oh, okay. uh, con, maybe. <laughs> but I think the longest I think the longest I waited was uh, I think I was I was at um, oh god, what was it WrestleMania Access that year? And there was like a forty-five minute wait to get your photo taken with Free MB. Like they were easily like the longest queue that, that weekend, which was amazing. Who, who would have thought at that point that you'd be in the ring with, uh, get a picture taken with two future WWE champions and, and Heath Slayer? Oh, I I love I love that uh, I love that photo. I still I still have it. Um, I think it's on it's on my it's on my I think it's on both my personal social media pages and my wrestling uh, media pages because um, I remember actually <laughs> I remember the old wrestling memes Facebook. Uh, picking that up because I wore their Slayer's Going to Sleep t-shirt with Heath Slater and he ended up like reposting that and I ended up getting like 2,000 likes that, that one day and like, uh, like oh that's that's like well, that's like my lame claim to fame right there like I ended up, I ended up with friending because I wore a Heath Slater t-shirt in front of Heath Slater 
always curious about access. I mean, uh, we're a positive podcast here. If it was anyone that you met, you're like, they didn't want to be there that weekend. They just wanted to be anywhere but honestly, honestly, no. Everybody that everybody that meet that we met was just was just so nice and down to earth. Like, uh, I still have my I still have my jersey where I got it signed by a whole bunch of people. So uh, I but I met and that one weekend I met Free MB. Mark Henry, Billy Gunn, Matt Stryker, Vicky Guerrero, Dutch Mantel, and Jack Swagger. I, I also got like my photo taken with Cesaro, and you know, call me a Mark all you want, but every single one of them was just so they were just so lovely, and you know, they they had like conversations with you when they said when where you were from. It's like, oh, where, oh, where are you from? Oh, from oh you're from uh you're from scotland oh that's pretty cool you know and um yeah like I, you know i know some people may have like their own negative stories when it comes to like me and idols or wrestlers and all that but to be honest see for the majority of them even from before starting wrestling to being in wrestling i i can't really say i've had like a fully negative one uh everyone uh every like big name that i've met has just been completely nice to me you know um so I don't know if I'm doing wrestling properly if I'm not if I'm not if I'm not experienced that yet. Uh, well, but it's, it's always a good thing. I mean, I, uh, yeah, everyone's got at least one one or two negative stories about meeting folk, but nature of the beast, it's never going to be 100 percent uh, all the time. I, I oh, yeah. wouldn't think. Right. So you started to train him. Uh, you you do it on the mats. If uh, you've, you've had a little anxious period, you're, you're now fully fledged into it. How long before you? We're told you're making a debut because I've got down as 2014 Academy Attack 3. The, yeah, so it was roughly about 18 months. So I started, um, I want to say the first weekend of May in 2013. Got my, uh, pretty much done everything that I can to try and uh, basically get to know everybody and do everything that I can. Uh, so literally from like that first week I was out firing I was helping out every show possible whether it be the PBW shows the BCW shows Pro Wrestling Elite ICW just getting myself you know getting myself uh, getting myself uh, introducing myself to everybody um, I'm sure I'm sure like Lou or probably somebody else told you this but my old trainee uh, nickname was Super Keen because I was just that keen to just get uh, involved involved with wrestling. Uh, so yeah, it was May 2013 and I made my debut uh, December's 2014 Academy Attack. So yeah, uh, I'd say about just over 18 months. And did you feel you were ready when you were told or, or was it just a case of, okay, they think I'm ready, let's just try it? No, I, I didn't feel I was ready at all. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those ones where Sometimes to do to do uh, to do well, maybe just throw yourself into the deep end, you know. And uh, um, uh, it was I'm trying to think. It was an eight man tag, so it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be like a full a full one on one match. So I didn't need to worry about that. And um, so there was there was going to be seven other people in the match, which calmed the nerves a little bit. And that was also. He'd done a rumble beforehand, but that was also Lucha DS's debut match as well. Uh, so it was a little bit reassuring to know that I wasn't the only I wasn't the only person getting his uh, getting his debut that night. 
so, you know, um, me and Lich are good friends outside wrestling as well. Um, so it was just like kind of reassuring that there was somebody else in the match that was kind of feeling the same sort of excitement and nerve, this nervousness that you had. Uh, and, and how did you feel the match went the, afterwards? Was it was it one of those things where you came out and the nerves went away a little bit? So you were just I'm, all in, or was I like, was. I, <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody in that match will see if there's if they were still around. I know. I think the only people still around in wrestling in that match is myself, Wucha, and. Uh, Frank Cross, uh, you know, wrestler and owner of Big Massive Wrestling. Uh, that match was just a beautiful disaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's one of those ones where, um, despite how the match went, it was positive. You know, I actually got to wrestle on a show, which was great. Um, I got to do it in a lot of front my, my close my close uh, friends that were there, especially a few of the guys that came over from Source to see the show. And um, I remember literally like thinking to myself after the match, like, oh God, I messed that up. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember like going back in and it was, because there was a few people from, uh, again, there was a few people at Source from the time, but it was actually, it was actually Piper Nevin who sent the first text to me saying, you know, I'm proud of you. And uh, that was that was quite a cool moment because I'm like, okay, it was, I was like Piper and Evan now, you know what she's doing is now, you know, she thought that I did a well enough job for her to to send that to me. So it was it was you know <laughs> a disaster, but you know a very rewarding disaster <laughs> uh, to look at it. Um, so when you mentioned your your super keen nickname, um, I did find a post when I was going through my research of of all the jobs you've done. Uh, you've been um, go through the list. We've got referee, wrestler, MC, commentator, driver, stooge, PA, butler, manager. Uh, you love the wrestling. <laughs> I think I can say. I love the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, like to be honest, Billy, I'm one of those guys. I love every aspect of wrestling. Like, um, also when we're recording just now, like you know, uh, the money in the bank pay per view. Uh, just came on that weekend there you know the weekend before that I was watching Game Changer Wrestling's Backyard Wrestling show uh, you know and like a few days before that I was watching like old World of Sport stuff I was watching um, I was watching a bit of like UWFI from Japan uh, a couple of days there you know I for me and I'm sure everybody else that that uh, that year view like for me wrestling is like one of the greatest sort of art forms that you can watch just because of not only is it the pageantry the characters the storytelling but you got these little subgenres of wrestling where even though you know you'll get guys like Jim Cornette that think you're killing wrestling and you know it should be back in the territory days but you have like these different like different styles and genres of wrestling that just when you watch like a when you watch like any show with like a full audience and you can feel the audience like cheering cheering their lungs out at whatever they're seeing whether it be comedy wrestling hardcore wrestling catch wrestling and all that kind of stuff you know there is just no better feeling of seeing not only like participants uh do well but like the audience just 
just get so elated with it. Um, that that's what I've always found so great about it. I think that there there's something for everyone when it comes to wrestling. I mean, even this podcast, this podcast is all Scottish wrestling, so it's a niche within a niche within a niche. Yeah, within a niche. Uh, but there's some people that only go to the live shows and only watch Scottish wrestling, and then there's like people like yourself who watch just a bit of everything. For me, yeah. I'm local stuff. I'm WWE. I can't. I've tried. But I can't get into AEW. So it's just. I, I, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough hours in the day to to. Oh no, no, I, I completely understand. Like uh, just the way that my work's been at the moment throughout the pandemic, I probably have not watched as many uh, like the current wrestling, like the week to week shows that I have been. Um, you know, and hey, if you say you can't get into one thing, that's absolutely fine. You know, you know, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling for you know, I agree with everybody else. Wrestling is. It, wrestling is for everyone uh if you don't like something hey that's cool you know you you can there's one thing of wrestling that you could do gonna that you could do gonna like you know we're all wrestling fans at the end of the day so we can pick and choose what we like and what we don't like so that's, that's the best thing about it um when it came to your debut then so was it john richards on your debut and how did that name come about um honestly back in back then uh we wanted to you know i, I think the head of PBW wanted us to go for a very show names uh, just because that was just sort of around about the, those early 2010s. That was just sort of like the sort of style at the time. Um, sure. You can remember when like, uh, when like uh, WWE were picking up guys like John Moxley and Tyler Black, they were changing their name to Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. So nobody was coming in with their real name. So, you know, it, it might have been a personal preference for them, but I think I was just, I was just in line with what, uh, with what, wrestling was like at the time uh and because i kind of saw myself as being uh <clears throat> uh as being a heel i didn't want to go the usual route where i picked a very facey name because again you had uh you had like say for example kenny williams kenny williams is one of the best to come out of the pvw academy and kenny williams is a very is such a name of a good guy that you want to cheer along so you know my thought process was just being sort of like the opposite of that just give myself a name which you cannot cheer and obviously jonathan richards is it's not a name that you're that you're going to be that you're going to be chanting along with um and i actually got the idea for <clears throat> calling myself jonathan rather than johnny or john um it was actually from the wcw faction the york foundation in the early 90s where you had ricky morton and terry taylor but they changed the gimmicks to be in sort of computer, you know, businessmen. So their names were Terence Taylor and Richard Morton. And I always loved that little slight tweak that just made a big difference. So, you know, calling myself John Finn rather than Johnny or John, I thought to myself, you know, that's, that's a nice little detail where it's like, right, this is a guy that, you, that you're not wanting to cheer, you know. He's a guy that's always using, you know, he's using his full name, so clearly he's... He's, you know, a bit arrogant. Um, so yeah, that was that was the that was the thought process along that one. I'd also give you the leeway if you decided to to be a face, you could be Johnny or or, or that as well. So oh yeah, but like when uh when I did face a couple of shows before the pandemic, I slightly changed it to that because uh, again, it was just it was just such an easy change and you know easy like name to to get behind. Um, so. I've got a couple, couple of highlights uh, from the last uh, few years that I wanted to kind of 
just just bring up as we were going along. The first time I saw you wrestle was for Rock and Wrestle up in Inverness, uh, 2016 uh, against TJ Rage, which you you, you didn't get much offense in, but <laughs> you are definitely a, a big character, which is which I was immediately drawn to. That's my that's my thing. I like characters uh, over wrestling uh, a little bit more. But was was when it came to to your wrestling style, then where were you? Did you consciously lean into the, the larger in life character? How did you uh, bring up the confidence and, and just kind of just go balls to the wall with it? Well, again, it's, it's a mixture of like going back to what I grew up with and then just finding the confidence just sort of naturally. Because, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not the most athletic guy and I'm not exactly the best when it comes to technical. So you, I always found myself leaning on my strengths, which was like sort of character work and crowd work and, you know, trying to more rile the crowds. Um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of like the way I saw it. And then in the background or at training, I would just try and get better at the actual wrestling aspect. Um, for me, like that character came off. It was just sort of like a mismatch. It was kind of a mess, but it was kind of like a really good mess where I just took like certain elements from time to time and it would just add to what I was what I was going for. So I'm sure like the character that you saw came off sort of like almost sort of like uh sort of like this well, I want to say like this really pompous, arrogant guy, you know, got a Barely sticking out, think he's like he thinks like he's this fashionista. Uh, part part of all that stuff that came together, it was just like little ideas that I took from little certain uh, things. So, like the fur jacket I wore, for example, was uh, a friend of mine at that time gave me that because she was just like, "Well, I'm not going to wear it, so you can wear it." So I started wearing that. Uh, somebody suggested. Hey, why don't you go for the Ellen John sunglasses? And you know, I was like, right, okay, that kind of works with the jacket, so it worked with that. You had uh, it was actually Simon Cassie that came up with the nickname, the fabulous Jonathan Richards. Because uh, when I did my full show debut with PBW, I basically asked Simon, look, what's a what's a cool nickname? And he's like, he saw like the jacket, he saw the sunglasses, like, well, what about the fabulous Jonathan Richards? And it sort of just kind of came together in like this, uh, and like this character where I'm like, right, okay. So I'm not a pretty boy. I'm basically like this sort of sort of like this average looking guy that thinks he's like uh like he's a pretty boy that he thinks he can like walk the he can walk the catwalk the same as like a supermodel does or you know something along those lines. And I think like part of the comedy in that is that you know I still came out with like an un, you know with a strokey beer with like chest hair and also with a little bit of a derby hanging out um almost sort of akin to like say uh adorable adrian adonis thinking you know if we, if, if i want to go with what would be the closest uh comparison to that i, I would say it would be him uh with the with the wee strut in that it's like you think you're michael hayes but you're actually adrian adonis kind of thing with the whole yeah <laughs> kind of, although i mean michael hayes for his time, I'm sure he's a very handsome man uh, back in his day. Uh, I'm sure he is now, for some people. Um, who, who am I to judge, really, at this stage? Uh, so, yeah, Rock and Wrestle is where, where I first saw you. And I remember, I haven't went back to look at my reviews because anything pre 
2018 is super cringe to read for me. Uh, but but I do remember being just all in on the character because that's why I like it's my kind of thing. I like the ridiculous. Uh, and then really started popping up in quite a lot of places in 2017. What was it like wrestling in Belladrum? Oh, that was brilliant. Like, um, PBW started Belladrum, I want to say in about 2014. And I helped out at the couple there. Uh, so I helped out at 2015, I helped out at 2016. And, uh, like, you know, it was a it was it was sort of medium sized tent that we were in, but the atmosphere that you got off it was just such a buzz, um, you know. Like, and it's kind of one of those things where, when people ask you, oh, as a wrestler, what have you done? Saying that you performed at a music festival, you know, that's a that's a nice like feather in the cap for like anybody to see. Uh, in fact, I think that year I did have what I still consider one of my favourite matches there with Logan Smith on the Friday show, actually. Um, I, I, still, I still have fond memories of that match. I think that's easily like one of my like, top five matches that I've had. Uh, it was, what did you camp? Was it in and out? What was the kind of setup? I've always, like, when I see the, the cart, well, the results for it, if I get them uh, at the time, because, you know, it's quite difficult to get them because for oh. people to remember them uh, as well, because it's quite a weekend, so I've heard. Um, it's always weird to see guys like Johnny Lyons popping up. Like, you'd never see Johnny Lyons in PBWLs otherwise, but there he is. Uh, but yeah, what was, what was the whole, you had your wrestle match. How was the rest of the experience? Were you, were, did you have backstage passes? Or you yeah, we had, we, we had, but we had like, uh, we had like, um, Essentially, access all areas to pretty much every uh, every venue that was or every tent that was there. Uh, so, I remember spending most of the weekend with Mike Musso because it was myself and him that drove the ring van up there. Uh, so, yeah, just one of those ones where I just walked about, just bumped into everybody. Um, I think it was Twin Atlantic that played like one of the late concerts. So we all went to Saw Twin Atlantic, and that was a great blast. Uh, I remember the midnight uh, act that was Hot Dub Time Machine that won the tents. So essentially, like this two-hour like uh, techno set there, and that was that was that was great. Um, camping wise, camping wise, uh, you know, it was it was what it was. Like uh, I was in the Scouts for a good number of years before I started wrestling training. So I already had the experience of like. Uh, camping pretty well, uh, so I never really found an issue with it. Um, you know, I've always with the shows that we've done and the shows that we saw that weekend. You know, it's always it's always such a nice, like positive, like highlight to always go back to. Uh, yeah, camping. I had, I had one experience camping at a festival and I got kicked in the head while I was asleep, so that put me off it very quickly for for for. Uh, a while anyway, uh, I think, who knows, maybe when if Belgium opens back up again, because it's just an hour up the road, uh, maybe something I'll, I'll try and try and get to in the future. But if I was going to be wrestling at it, then it's uh, there's a higher chance of me going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going through 2017, you had, uh, you're up in Caithness, of all places, uh, to wrestle Aurora. So that's, that's again, a fair journey up. Um, are you, you're in the scouts, so you're okay with with outdoorness. Everything's outdoor in up in case Ness. Yeah, um, and you're the driver. I'm assuming for the, those kind of trips. So yeah, how do you keep yourself is... occupied in those long drives. 
Um, if it's by myself, it's usually it's usually by like podcasts or audiobooks. Um, I managed to catch up on a lot of reading over the pandemic for Audible. Uh, but you know, if you have like a good car full of people, then that just it just easily it just easily passes off. Like if you're in a car with anybody from Lucha DS to Robbie Wishart to Glenn Dunbar to Bobby Roberts to, you know, any, like, or DCT for that matter, like, those sort, those sort of journeys, they just quickly, they just quickly go like that. Especially if you're in a car with, like, uh, with Glenn Dunbar, because to say what everybody else says, that man is just a uh, immense storyteller as far as the experiences that he's had and the stuff that he's that he's into like you know every time every time I'm in the I'm in a car with him even if it's for like a two-hour journey or a six-hour journey it just it just feels it just generally feels like an hour because it just get you such uh, invested in what he's saying. Uh, we'll throw into our first question from uh, Lucha DS uh, just because we're on the subject of cars and what have you. Uh, I used to put which parts of your old car were, bro were broken by wrestlers? Ha! Um, uh, most of it actually. Uh, um, the uh, the suspension got shot a couple of times. Um, the sun visors have been broken a bit because a few wrestlers just don't know their own stance. They'll be like, if I'm carrying like an import, it's like six foot two and two hundred and fifty. It's like, oh, I put the visor down. Oh, it's broken. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, my CD collection has been completely tarnished uh, due to people wanting to be backseat DJs and not, you know, uh, not knowing to put the Coldplay CD back in the Coldplay, you know, uh, holder, you know, and you know, putting that in the David Guerra holder and then putting the David Guerra CD into the Swedish Mouse Mafia folder and then the Swedish House Mafia CD gets lost and by the time that I find it there's like 20 scratches on it and I can't play it anymore so um it's there you know that that that, that I love that I love that old Fiat Panda but my god that that took some amount of damage I'm sorry a Fiat, a Fiat Panda a Fiat Panda yes so no somewhere, somewhere Robbie Wishart is cursing that Fiat Panda like I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, my wife still curses that I took uh, Rob Terry in her Renault Clio, and <laughs> she's like, the suspension has never been the same. Uh, I think it was like right about the same time, I think a month before, I'd taken a Joey Legend to Crusher Crave in the same car. So there's little wonder it survived very much you know after what, that. You know what's funny about you know what's funny about the Panda nose? Like I've carried a lot of big wrestlers in there. Like uh, I've carried, I've carried the Coffee Brothers in it. I've carried Hardcore Holly in it. I've carried, you know, Piper Nevin in it. I've carried Bobby Roberts in it. Um, and every time, and every time, like I check, the suspension is absolutely fine. It's always when I, when I, when I have the car full of like the cruiserweight wrestlers or like the light heavyweight wrestlers, that's when the suspension goes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, I'll be driving, I'll be driving. I'll be driving to say like uh, to see Barrick Holly Park to to do a show, and I'd have Krieger and the Coffee Brothers in. Oh, it's absolutely fine. And then I'll be driving to a show just outside Clyde Bank with uh, with Robbie or Lucha DS and a few other people, and that's when the suspension goes. So like, 
All I've got in my hand now, all I've got my hand now is Harker Holly coming out of a Fiat Panda, Panda which <laughs> that is the best, uh, best vision that I could, I could ever have. So when you're carrying these wrestlers, these big import wrestlers, then um, is, is there ever a point where you're sitting there going, oh my God, I've got Harker Holly next to me. Uh, what that do was, I say? What do I do? That was probably, that was probably the, that was probably the, that was probably the, um, that was probably like the close I ever got to like a marker moment for me. Um, it was, it was only just like a short journey. It was basically to get Harker Holly from the garage after doing ICW to his hotel room, which is just down the street. Um, and I'll, I'll say this right now, Harker Holly was an absolute gentleman with me. You know, he was polite. Uh, I basically did, I couldn't help myself. I was just like, look, I've watched you for about 20 years. I'm a big fan. I can, I'm just I'm actually quite excited that you're actually in my car. And he was just like, oh, don't, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry about it. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for, for supporting me. And uh, this was like during my, this was just before my debut match. Uh, and he was, I told him about it. He was giving me, oh, just make sure to get the character over and all that. It's always about character in this business. Um, and then when he came out, um, it was... Graham Mackay, uh, Charles Boddington, was there because he had him over for the BCW uh, doubleheader, uh, No Blood, No Sympathy, that weekend. So Graham was pretty much by his side. Um, and Graham, you know, if you see Graham uh, show, he's all about, like, business and all that, you know, very stern, very, you know, serious, like, getting us done and all that. And so Harker Holly went into his hotel room and Graham got into my pastor seat. Well, he just sits down there. Can you believe you had Hardcore Holly in your car? And I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, I, like that's that for me. It's just like that for me. It's like even the moment where I, when I was working at McDonald's at the time, and there was a few, there was a few of the wrestling fans there that were like from the Atchu there and all that. I just had to go in and just say, you never believe who I drove. <laughs> to this, to this day, my best mate Ron says that I am the only hardcore Holly story that he has heard where he is actually acted nice. I I I have a, I I've met hardcore Holly once and yeah I was the exact same kind of experience that he's so nice. Um I, I it was one of those times where, where I'd met him and the, of course you could meet and greet yeah you do your you post-it notes what you're getting so I went I just want a picture with him. But I had his book with me and I gave I put the wee post-it dune, so he saw it was a picture, so he stood up, got the picture, and I put his book down next to it. And he went, oh, you bought my book. He picked it up, signed it, gave it back to me. And I was like, that was the nicest thing ever. That yeah. saved me £10, thank you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was yeah, absolutely nicest guy ever. But, yeah, when it comes to those drives, I did a couple of them for Rock and Wrestle, and uh, I've probably mentioned it in a previous podcast, uh, but having Colt Cabana's Sanjay Dutt in the car with me, and we had to stop halfway because we did uh, Aberdeen to Inverness and I was going to take a dingwall afterwards. But uh, stopped in Elgin because Colt needed to top up his three internet or something. I don't know. Yeah. So here we are standing in the St. Giles Centre where I lived in Elgin at the time. still here. And I was standing there at Subway with Colt Cabana and Sanjay Dutt. I was looking around just going, this is like, why, why is nobody seeing this? Did, was <laughs> was this for the second uh, Rock and Wrestle show? Um, I think 
Was that, that the one that was lined by Travis and Ricochet? No, I know I was involved with them at that point. That, yeah, that was that oh. was the second show. This was quite a, a later. It was when they did Dingwall, um, which was such a, a weird place to do a show with such big names. That I, I, I'm not in charge of that stuff. I was just happy to get a free ticket and to drive people. So, <laughs> but didn't care. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was just. It's so weird. There's so weird. So many names came through. Uh, rock and wrestle as well, like Ricochet uh, or Trevor, as he introduced himself to me. I looked yeah. and went. I think the Rock and Wrestle show that you saw me on was the same one with Chris Masters on the cards. Quite right. I'm going to Google it then because I'll fucking yeah, I think it was because yeah. I, remember, I remember there was, I remember it was the show beforehand, a referee for them. Where I ended up refereeing James Storm and Drew McIntyre. I think that was the December show and then. I wrestled on the March show with uh, Chris Masters on the cards. Right, WrestleFix. Oh, yeah, he, I don't think he wrestled. He, uh, did, he came out and introduced the I title so, match. Um, that sounds familiar. Special yes. guest enforcer type That was game. it. Yeah, because uh, it was TJ Rage versus Liam Thompson in the main event, and mm. he beat you in a number one contendership match, and Chris Masters introduced the match. Uh, and then I think... Attacked Liam Thompson at the end of the show or something like I that. Think, I think that's what happened. Yeah, um, it's been a while. It's been a while since uh, I actually thought about that show. But that, yeah, Chris, I, I found I found him to be cool backstage. Um, you know, he was cool. No, I, I miss. I mean, I know SWA took them over and, and they come up once a year in Inverness. But man, those rock and wrestle shows were just class. There was just. Absolutely nuts. Uh, who who they got through? I mean, I didn't go to the one uh, with Ryback, but it's like Ryback yeah, in Inverness. Yeah, I think the last. I think that was the last one that I did actually. But I remember, I remember going up for the first couple, and I remember the first show. Like the crowd was relatively small compared to what it became. Uh, but like you know, getting like some of the amount of matches on those shows. I remember the first one. I think this was a PBW joint effort where the main event was Liam Thompson versus BT Gunn versus Davey Richards. Yeah. Well, that was the first show. And then obviously the second show was uh, it was Liam Thompson versus Jade Lethal and then Ricochet versus Chris Travis, which I remember literally all the trainees uh, helping out at that show where they were doing merch or, or whatever, or doing security, all gathered at the entrance just to watch that match. And, uh, you know, given who was involved in the match itself was just bloody spectacular. Um, no, yeah, that, that first rock and wrestle, I, I ended up getting a, a ticket somehow. Because um, at the time I had a, I'd just recovered from a broken arm. So I wasn't for traveling very far or anything like that. It was just like, mm -hmm. I'm just, I can't afford it. I can't take time off work. So I may go in. And then the promoter just went, just come along, get your ticket, here you go. So I was buzzing for that. And then, yeah, it was all tables. It was uh, set out uh, two seats, two, three seats to a table. And that was, which is probably what their shows are going to be when when mm -hmm. they actually come back. So Rock and Wrestle were, were, uh, were uh, ahead of the curve somewhat yeah. when it came to that. But no, um, yeah, they've had some folk, uh, Sanjay Dutt, like I said, Jay Lethal. Oh, this is going to be a Rock and Wrestle uh, podcast, but... <laughs> Drew Galloway did a big demo. Um, just yeah, there's been 
Cricks, absolute madness. Um, I, I will say, I will say one thing though. But see the sort of see the see the show that I did where a ref where a referee drew. It was kind of weird, like the year by year uh, comparison of it. So, 2014, I was standing in line to get a picture taken with him at WrestleMania Access. 2014, I took a seminar with him, and then 2015, I was refereeing one of his matches. You know, I always. I was I've looked at it like that for years. I'm like, man, this is this is like surreal, you know. Like you don't really you don't really think about that uh, until you look back on it and you think, wow, that's uh, that's from waiting in line to from waiting in line to to meet him to you know pretty much being part of his one of his matches in a two year basis is like I never 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 thought I would have done that. That must be the coolest thing about, about wrestling in Scotland when you think about like who your your t- first text after your first match is Piper Niven and she's now mm-hmm. on Raw. Uh, no yeah. doubt you probably went through a, a seminar of subscription with with uh, Nikki Storm and now she's Raw Women's Champion. Demo is in WWE. It's just uh, yeah, it's just yeah. crazy to think that this little country in the grand took, scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I took. I went to Demo's last seminar. Um, I went to Demo's last seminar, Reckless, before he went over. I I kind of got introduced to Demo through like uh, for like the guys at Source at the time, because um, I, I think it's no secret to say like myself and Robbie Wisher are actually best pals in real life. Um, also consider DCP like one of the best pals. So I introduced. I introduced um, I got introduced to Demo through them, and even Demo was like, "Oh, you're you're fucking super keen, aren't you?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, I am." <laughs> so, um, uh, I took a few. I even took like a few. I even took like a few private uh, privates with Demo, um, like in between, uh, just in between periods where I was off uh, PBW, just for like uh, personal reasons. And uh, yeah, like even watching like Demo and Nikki then to where they are now like you can you generally can't ask for can't think of like two more deserving people of those opportunities that they got absolutely um so we're, we're still we, we have we have uh went off the tracks a little bit we started 2017 and end up speaking at rock and wrestle then uh yeah. and wrestling general uh 2017 you also appeared in denmark for copenhagen championship wrestling um, from what I gather, because I think I, I've, I spoke to Sebastian Day uh, recently for, for this series as well, okay. and it was pretty much a case of, of guys came over and the, the, the training and then you're on the show kind of thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, what, what was it like going over to, well, internationally, uh, over to Denmark and, still, and doing that? Still one of the best things I've done in wrestling was go over. Because uh, Lou was taking a seminar, uh, week basically a week long camp there, and then doing a show. Um, but the way that worked out was, where me, Lou, and another a wrestler over in Finland by the name of Marcus Move were uh, sleeping. We were sleeping at one of the youth hostels, and we had to be, we had to leave at a certain time and then come back to do the training. So what basically ended up being was us doing like uh, doing a tour of Copenhagen during the day. And then in the evening, doing the doing the training, and Copenhagen is such a beautiful city, um, you know. So to 
pretty much like tore that for five days straight was just incredible. And then when the training, the training itself, you know, it's, it's Lou, you know, it's uh, you're going to pretty much pick up a lot of things by doing a week long course with him. And then doing the, doing the show, um, doing the show over, uh, on the Saturday, I think it was a double header was, it was, it was such a blast, you know, it was, um, I was, I think that was actually the first show I ever done in my wrestling career where I was face and legit, I came out just doing, I pretty much came out just doing the usual like Hulk Hogan stick, you know what I mean? I came out to, I came out to Obsession by Animotion. I did like pretty much everything like, like Hogan did and the crowd were just so alive for it. It was like, even just talking about it now, I'm like, man, that's, that. Those, those shows were great. They were bloody fantastic to do. Uh, but no, it, it was when Lou nominated you for this uh, through, through the Luke Sharp dojo, and that was pretty mm-hmm. much it. He was, was just saying that you're keen, you're passionate, you're just wanting to, to learn and absorb anything. And he's, he was talking about your training uh, recently with him at, at Respect Pro. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that was kind of why he wanted you on as well, because he was like, this guy's well, pretty much he said you're funny, but you don't know how funny you are. <laughs> kind of thing was the other reason. So I just wanted to hear some stories. Um, you also mentioned this. Right, well, we'll finish the the, the John, Jonathan Richards bit, and then we'll we'll get to the next the future bit. Um, Twenty eighteen arrives. We've got mm-hmm. uh, you work all over the UK. Uh, you're a rad pro. Uh, mm-hmm. You're at uh, EWE Lucha Mania, and Discovery. Yeah, so mm. that's quite a big year when it comes to wrestling. Where were you contacted for, for these or did you just put out your CV? How did you end up heading all the way down to Wales? Um that was a Lucha DS thing. Like um like uh he obviously with the Lucha there was a Lucha Mania show, so he basically got rounded up uh essentially everyone in Lucha Scotland to take part in it, and then he basically put my name forward saying Hey, this guy, I know he's not a luchador, but this guy, he's funny, he's entertaining. You do, like, uh, you'll get, like, uh, you'll get, like, you'll get, like, a lot of fun out with him. Uh, so I ended up going down there, and even if it was just for, like, a rumble spot, I just made, I just made the most of what I can get, you know? And, you know, that was a show where even, despite the long travel, that was a, that was a blast to do. Uh, Rad Pro, I got... Uh, through Carsey Love because I worked with um, I worked a couple of shows uh, with her in England uh, for the uh, a few months beforehand uh, and I think this ended up being Rad Pro's last show but even like with what I saw with Rad Pro I always liked the sort of over the top characters that they had with it because you know again no matter where the wrestling is I always appreciate some form of it and then with Discovery like uh, Discovery for me is one of my favorite promotions to watch and I even if I'm not on the show I'll do my best to even help out with Discovery as much because I think uh, I think Alan has just created such a fantastic product and especially a product where it's not only uh it's only an excellent card and it's got like an amazing crowd behind it but even backstage is one of the most positive environments that you can be a part of like everybody backstage uh, discovery show you know wants to go in and give it their 100 percent and uh basically alan 
gave me the disco derby spot as a little thank you for saying look thank you for very much for for all your help doing that and you know hopefully uh if and well, no it's not even a case of f now it's a case of when discovery comes back up to uh keep helping out at it because again yeah it's for my money it's like one of the it's one of the best shows to watch in scotland uh, when it comes to your, your style, so it's a lot of it, it's comedy. Was there anyone that you kind of studied and tried to go back and watch? I mean, I know when it comes to comedy wrestling, the, the like Grado is, is the kind of figurehead of that kind of style in Scotland. But is there anyone that you went back and watched, like a Les Kelly or anyone that you kind of picked pieces from for your character? Um, I mean, I did I did look at Les Kelly when I especially was playing it as a when I was playing, when I was playing a face as a heel, it was kind of like a mix match between wrestler personalities and non-wrestler personalities. Um, I remember see even getting sort of the, say like the facial expressions or like the reactions. I would actually go and watch like old cartoon supervillains from my childhood. So Say for a case like even more more really like Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town, I would take aspects of his character and put it into mine. I would take aspects of uh, Doctor Draken from Kim Possible and put it into and put it into the act. I would take aspects from God. There's so many, you know. It's like you go in like the nineties and noise and like great cartoon villains. You can just take whoever you want with it. Um, I think I even I even took stuff from like even like video game ones like Doctor Robotic and and stuff like that. Um, actually, saying that I did take a lot from like uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler from Batman Forever. Because right. anybody that knows me, Batman Forever is like an all time personal favorite of mine. Uh, as far as like wrestling wise, I would probably say I would also take a lot from like. Uh, especially for like that character or like that wrestling style guys like Mr. McMahon, uh, Rick, the model Martell. Um, I, this was also around the time where the Miz has had like a really good, uh, had like a hot streak to him. So I did take a little inspiration from him and then just, again, mixed it all together and just, you know, you, you got the Jonathan Richards that you, that you saw on stage. Uh, so just before right, we, so we go to the future, before this whole lockdown done, Reckless Tent seemed to be a kind of, that in respect is where you're kind of making your appearances uh, mm-hmm. and that you end up uh, in a team with, you know, with a, in a team with Dickie Divers, when I think mm-hmm. of that, um, and also in a brief team with Shea Monet, who at the time was uh, Jesse Santana, yeah. with the amazing name Team Abfab. Uh, so Thank so are you finding tag wrestling was just a bit more for you at that point uh, and, and that kind of time or is that just how you, you were just super you were super keen just to get on the card and they would just put you in tag teams and you're quite happy with that I think I think one of the positives with the with John for Richards at this time was it was such a it was such like a it was such like a I wouldn't say like a character but such like a outlandish or like or very outlandish and you know, wide character that you can't put them, that you can't put them in any situation and we just make the most out of it. I remember the one show that I teamed with Shea, I had a, I had a blast with, you know, um, and, you know, I'll, I'll admit, like, tag, I love tag wrestling, but, you know, I can't, 
do tag whistling as well as like some of the other teams that are kicking about at the moment, like Just Us or the Nine Nine. I think they, I think they've got their their acts down to a T. Uh, but I, like I said, I always try my best with it. Um, and when it came to Reckless, where I was essentially the henchman slash lackey to uh, Divers and Jack Morris at the time, you know. Even though it was like a role where I was essentially getting beat up by all the good guys at the at the end there, and you know, some people were like, were like, are you are you worried that this seems like a very new? I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, I'm getting on the show, I'm being prominently on, I'm getting in the ring with guys like Grado and Sugar Dunkerton, and I'm, you know. I'm one, I'm one of those guys like any role I just tend to have an absolute blast with and I absolutely loved uh, doing the doing the Dynasty stuff with, with Divers and Jack you know and that was I remember for that 10 months of doing it like every show I just came off such a high um, it was always it was always just such a just a <laughs> it was always just such a fun thing to do at the time um, whose idea was it to get matching gear with you and, and divers was it something you did just off your own back or did it was it a group effort i i i kept i went with the idea with him because i was coming out with my blue single at the time and i basically said to him right okay i'm gonna make up matching gear because i kind of want it to be like again sort of like going back to going back to like a little scene with jim carrey uh in batman forever where he, I, this was always uh, always such a cool part of the film for me, where he idolized Bruce Wayne so much that there's that one scene where they're at a gala, and and basically the Riddler comes in dressed exactly like Bruce Wayne, like even down to like the to like the hair and like the facial pimple and everything. Um, so I basically kind of wanted to give off the dynamic, like I was like Becky Divers' number one fan. And uh, basically, if I was going to be some more of a fan, I was going to get the same clothes that he was going to wear. Uh, so I basically just got that designed, and then I think the show that I that I debuted it on, uh, it got such a great laugh from the from the audience there. And it's one of those ones where I was kind of thinking to myself, "I hope this works. I hope this works. I hope this works." And then the crowd popped for it, and I'm like. Oh thank God that works! <laughs> like it's even it's even a singlet. Like even outside of Rex's Adventures, uh, it was TP Gear at the time that did it. It was such a comfy singlet. That I end up just I just wore it outside of Reckless shows anyway because not only was it like a really good singlet, but it, you know it's it was uh, to wear to wear it was you know it was it ended up becoming like a favorite of mine to just show off to like different crowds. Uh, then of course, 2020 has come round. Um, we'll, we'll go through the questions because you mentioned Robbie Wishart not long ago, and he's, he's thrown in two. Um, one's very philosophical. I don't know if it's a reference to something. It's just asked, "Why does the sun come up, or are stars just pinholes in the curtain of night?" Um, I imagine it would be the same answer to what is the sound of one hand clapping. He falls in the woods and <laughs> nobody's around to make it. Does it make a noise? It's like, uh, I don't freaking know. <laughs> the Simpsons read that, that question about the hand clapping because it always pops into my head. Like this. I just, 
<laughs> it's also got sin for like a mini golf game. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, you might be able to answer the next one then. He said, uh, ask him, will I ever get that Domino's pepperoni pizza replaced that he ate the last, uh, last off when, or the last of when uh, we were still roommates? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, tell, tell him that there's been a pretty busy 18 months in the world. Um, that, you know, trying to rebuy my pal of Domino's pizza, is, it's kind of been put off the back burner there. Uh, and also, Robbie, remember, you do run or you do book Source Wrestling now. So if you want... Why don't we have a pizza on a pole match, bro? <laughs> and then we can see who gets the last bite. That's, that's the first show started. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Source Wrestling special guest writer, Vince Russo, bro. Uh, that's, that's two hours. That's, you don't need a second match. That's it. Well done. Uh, <laughs> one match. Uh, so you mentioned last 18 months. Yep. The world's been shit. <laughs> That's very much. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, wrestling's been off. Turns out a few people have not been particularly nice. I, but again, me being myself, and speaking from a more personal thing, I've tend to make the most of it. You know, I'm in a job now um, that I love. Um, basically, what I've been doing for the last over years, I've basically been a cleaner for the, my, my local council. So basically going in all the schools and nurseries around Inverclyde and doing like touch cleaning and deep cleaning and making sure like everybody's like feeling safe in that environment. Um, I managed to, again, catch up on a lot of reading through my audiobooks, especially a lot of like wrestling books that I've been meaning to uh, list, uh, read for a little while. And, uh, you know, things with me and my girlfriend have been, you know, fantastic throughout all this, despite everything that's been going on, you know, we've managed to get a dog together, we've managed to move in together, so, you know, we're in our flat in the moment, and no, everything, everything with her has just been brilliant, so I've always, I've been trying to find the positives and uh, everything that's been going on. What kind of dog? <laughs> uh, it's a border collie, by the name of Polly, so... Polly the collie. Um, Polly the border collie. Who does have an Instagram, by the way? If you go on to Polly the Collie uh, Instagram, you will find her. So uh, I just like that you mentioned all those interesting things. I've got a new job, everything's going great with my girlfriend. I got a dog, and my only thought was, okay, dog. That's, that's kind of it's like, so exciting. Hey, like, all right, everybody's <laughs> like that. Well, like, I've, I've, always, I've always grown up. I've always grown up with uh, with dogs, especially with, like my uncle who uh, who has a lot of greyhounds. My grandfather had a lot of dogs. We had a family dog. Yeah, dogs are awesome, man. Like, oh, yeah. if any species wants to take over the world from us, it will be dogs. You know, it's and I'll be fine with that. Uh, anyone who watches this or listens to this knows that usually most pay per view nights I'll have a picture of my dog up because she she attempts to stay up with me and then falls asleep. Before the show starts, uh, we, is, yeah, we also have, yeah, we also have like two cats, um, you know, Oscar and Stormy. Um, there's this great, there's this great photo 
uh, that I took a couple of weeks ago where it's it's basically Oscar sitting up on my bed watching uh, the Nasty Boys versus Cactus Jack and Max Payne <laughs> from uh, WCW Spring Stampede. I find myself. I'm I'm teaching I'm teaching these animals right here. <laughs> so, so just don't want her to, or don't want them to to send you to Pity City during the night and just wake up with, no. oh god, no. Um, like like throughout this, like like Zara's been slowly getting into getting into wrestling, not for like the shows, but more or less for like the documentaries and uh, like the WWE Network documentaries, and we end up watching uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, together for for the last the last few months, um, I never thought I would see the day where a girlfriend of mine slowly gets into wrestling, and the top three wrestlers, her three personal favorite wrestlers, are Becky Lynch, Doctor D, David Schultz, <laughs> and New Jack. My number one achievement throughout lockdown, my girlfriend is a New Jack fan. (laughs) (laughs) I was was about to say, it's like, oh, I was, I was, no, you go ahead. Like, I was expecting her to watch these Dark Side of the Ring episodes of New Jack, and she's going to think, well, this guy's a fucking lunatic. Literally, it got to the point where he talks about like throwing Vic Grimes off the balcony, and she's like, I love this guy. He's a he's so funny. Uh, all right, this is kind of cool. I can't believe can't believe this this happened, but all right. That, that's, that's how I've got my, my wife to watch some stuff. She's like, she likes it. She, she remembered growing up. Um, like she had a boyfriend at the time that liked wrestling, so she remembers Edge. So mm. when the Edge documentary came came out, and so we watched that, and of course when Drew, uh, when there's a Drew documentary, we'll watch that or something, just because he's a Scottish guy. It's it's uh, amazing to think that amazing to think that a it's someone I've spoken to, <laughs> as well as their their WWE champion. Uh, but as far as favorite wrestlers, it's mostly. Scottish folk I end up dragging her to shows because I don't want to be I don't want to go to a show myself that's kind oh, of yeah. weird thing mm-hmm. so her favourites are Jack Jester uh, Luke King Sharp great choice and I don't think she has really his third that, that's her two selling points when it goes to shows if there's Jack Jester or Luke King Sharp she has keen, or if there's a rumble that's pretty much the three three main things for shows so any bookers want to get uh, us to a show that's that's how to do it. <laughs> Get a rumble with Luke King Sharp and and, and uh, Jack Chester, and that's it. You've won. Um, somewhere, somewhere, Bobby Roberts is writing down that card as we speak. <laughs> He's going to be watching this. Like this is going to be a couple of extra <laughs> tickets. I know. I'll, I'll get I'll get a DM going. This is who we've got for this rumble. <laughs> Are you coming down? Like, I mean, it's a bit of a distance, but maybe. <laughs> Might. <laughs> um, so yeah, pandemic hit. Wrestle World stopped. Wrestle World got worse. Didn't mm-hmm. better. And then it's now at a staggering point. But shows are coming back. That's the yeah. plan and hope. And Lou was telling me about this this uh, this possible plan you have, a uh, gimmick plan for the return. So I noticed about midway through this pandemic, all your social media pages were closed for rebranding. Um, mm-hmm. They were blacked out, pretty much mm-hmm. just about wiped. Uh, of, of most things and he's telling me about the Southpaw uh, kind of 80s throwback gimmick 
what's if you don't want to you don't want to divulge all of it, I don't mind. Just what can you tell us about this? Uh, well, uh, I will say by the time this comes out, there will be because I will be releasing them in the next week or so. These old style vignettes introducing the introducing my new self, and they're done and like proper retro style you know we are um, i'm wearing zubas i am talking like i have taken about 20 energy drinks before the cameras hit me because it's a throwback there will be a sports montage you know we we need to have that um basically what i want to do is I want to come back and I want to make wrestling as fun for not only just for myself, but just everybody involved with it. Um, and for me, there's nothing more fun than going back and watching that old-fashioned wrestling from the 1980s. You know, you got Hogan, Macho Man, you've got Warrior, you've got Jerry Lawler, you've got the Freebirds, you've got these larger than life you've got the nwa you've got the road warriors you've got the horsemen you've got these loud energetic uh personalities that where you can just feel their you can just feel like their their electricity coming through like the tv screen i'm not i'm not picking myself up here you know i mean i'm not saying i'm gonna come in i'm the next hogan brother but for me i like uh even like my from what my girlfriend has seen of like old wrestling and even from what her nephews have seen of it, they just, they just love the big colorful shouty men of it. And uh, basically what this new character is, is just um, taking my love for them and basically turn it into just sort of like a new look and a new attitude for myself because, you know, uh, I always look uh, wrestling as a positive for me and I want like this new character, I want this new act, and I want everything going forward to be a positive for everybody else watching as well. Because I think, I think sometimes like people tend to focus on like the negative aspects on wrestling, but I just, just even for myself or even just for like uh, my little nephews, I just want to make wrestling fun for them when stuff comes back to it. Uh, so it's a, sort of a thing I've been working on for a little while, uh, but I will have you will see this new amalgamation uh, very soon and uh, I hope it's something that people do generally enjoy and people do tend to uh, find entertainment with Fantastic um, so yeah, so, yeah I, I will press for it like, this, this is due to come out uh, July 28th so I'll probably be bang on when this other right. stuff so will be out by then um, I, need to get, I need to get my editor guy onto that like you mark it down for July 28th um, <laughs> But like, yeah, it's just it's just one of those ones where I wasn't, I didn't want to like because like I was too busy with like work, I did I couldn't really get involved with what everybody else was doing online and doing like the uh, doing like the online tournaments and stuff like that. So I just kind of I just sort of like blacked out until I felt I was properly ready for me to do something, you know, because. Uh, being a cleaner during a pandemic, man, like you just get no sort of free time at all. It's very free it's time. Like, absolutely, yeah, ne- it's absolutely necessary, but it's also a thankless task <laughs> at the same time. 
Ah, uh, you know, you know what, man, it's kept me busy and uh, it's definitely done my mental health a world of good, just still being out there and I'm still getting stuff to do and, you know, getting to catch up on a few stuff that I've been wanting to do with a while uh, through Audible has just been, you know, it's, it's at least kept me going and at least not made the last 18 months as slow as like some other people uh, think that it's gone. Uh, what's what's your podcast habits then? Is there any particular kind of brand branding, any kind of genre um, that you prefer? Well, obviously the wrestling podcasts, like um, obviously outside yourself and what you're doing with the Dojo series, like my two main ones that I tend to gravitate towards is OSW Review has always been a must-see for me. So as soon as like Jay unleashes a new episode, I'm I'm right there watching it. Um, I I've been following them since like the Hogan era that they've been doing it and. I think their content's been fantastic. Um, the other one I tend to listen to is uh, one called The Solo Monster Sounds Off. I've been listening to him every week for, I want to say, about eight years. Uh, basically, it's Jason Solomon, who's a podcaster out of New York. It's only him doing the show. Uh, but again, he's got such a great passion uh, and great uh, voice for wrestling. Like, even if... Um, uh, even if I want something to fall asleep with or something to uh, keep me going to work, I would put on his podcast. Like he does, like weeks and reviews. He does like uh, also reviews for like uh, the pay per views as well. If you find them online, he's just such a great voice. Uh, other ones, you know, Joe Rogan, I listen to sporadically. Actually, their podcasts. Uh, Talk is Jericho. Uh, I've I've actually been getting really back into the major wrestling figure podcasts over the last couple of months, uh, especially when it comes to like rebuilding my figure collecting. I'm sure you can have seen on my Instagram. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I, I've when it comes to yeah wrestling ones, uh, Jeff Jarrett is also just incredible. I, and I'm not a big fan of Conrad Thompson. I, I just find sometimes he can go on a bit, but somehow him and Jeff's banter and back and forth yeah. just works for me um i think it's because jeff wants to do the podcast i find when i'm listening to like anyone else there with conrad they're like yeah i'll speak about this uh yeah. just yeah but yeah my world that's a great great one osw review yeah that was i was uh, there at og i was there before it started that's that's how long i've been with osw yeah. review and when they were doing a setting up on osw chat on bebo back wow. in the days Oh, I, 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 I liked the World Bounce Wrestling page and everything. That's how long that's, it's been that's there. That's amazing. Um, I mean, I, I listened to the first Jarrett episode, the one where he talks about holding up Vince, and uh, yeah, that, those those three hours were great. So I'm looking forward to listening to the the next few. Uh, I, and also going back to Conrad, uh, sporadically listened to like his car angle one and uh still have like a soft spot for the for something to wrestle with um i actually ended up going to their live show uh back in 2018 before bruce went back to WWE full-time and uh that was that was gut-bustingly hilarious those two on screen uh like on stage just unfiltered uh that that that, sh that show was great uh yeah a podcast anything kevin mann does i seem to enjoy uh how to uh, cinema swirl, pod crabs, just his voice is, is smooth like butter. <laughs> just, yeah. just enjoy it, anything he does. Um, 
Uh, right, so we've got a couple of stupid questions. We'll talk about uh, social media before that. I've got a question from Looking Sharp, or not even a question, just more a request, which uh, I think that's, if, if you're up for doing it, that's how we're going to close out the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, right. what's what's your favorite dinosaur oh uh t-rex um yeah like my, my my girlfriend is a massive jurassic park fan um so we've got a whole bunch of like jurassic park memorabilia like starting about the place um always been a massive t-rex fan since the since the first jurassic park like uh, to, to put the to put the comparison in, like every time the T Rex shows up in a Jurassic Park movie, it's like the glass shatters and Austin walking out. <laughs> it's just like, oh, uh, you know, you know, fucking, it's business is about to pick up, you know. <laughs> and uh, another question we ask is, what about in a fight, two sheep or one cow? Hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously the cow would. You know, um, but I don't know, man. Like th those sheep going, th those those sheep going numbers. You know, so you know, if another herd of sheep were to see like the other two sheep getting barred, then uh, that cow, that cow's gonna be fucked up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there, there's no, there's no hope for that cow. See, uh, that's your first one to bring in. Um, <clears throat> this whole there could be a herd that, that interferes in this in this battle. Um, but I'm still I'm still in the team. I'm still team sheep. But that's because I'm probably live up in the sticks, and that's what I think they outnumber us at this point. Um, right, and we'll do the we'll do the looking sharp request. Then we'll do social media, and then head out. Uh, he's put ask him to do rappers delight a cappella. He can do it word for word. <clears throat> oh God, that's a that's a. I don't know, man. That's like a tough one, you know. Like I can, I might, I might can only do like the first couple of verses because it is a fifteen-minute song. But you know, Billy, I'm gonna say, I say a hip hop, a hip, a hip to the hip, hip hop to the dope. Stop the rocking to the bang, bang boogie. So up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the rugby the beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat, and me, the crew, and my friends are going to try and move your feet. See, I am Wonder Mike, and I'd like to say hello to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, to the purple and yellow. But first, I gotta bang bang the boogie to the boogie. See, up, jump the boogie to the bang bang boogie. Let's rock. You don't stop. Rock the rhythm, and I'll make your body rock. Well, so far you heard my voice, but I brought a few friends along, and next on the mic is my man Hank. So Come on, Hag sing up, so check it out. I'm the CAS and the OVA, and the rest is FLY. See, I go by the flow and the doctor of the mix, and these reasons I tell you why. See, I'm sex fruit one, and I'm tons of fun, and I dressed to a T. See, I got more blows than Muhammad Ali, and I dress so viciously. I got bodyguards, I got eight in the box, I got I got global cars that definitely ain't the whack. I got a Lincoln Continental and a sunroof Cadillac. See, after school, I take a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. I got a color TV so I can see the next playing basketball. You hear talking about checkbook, credit cards, and more money than a sucker could ever spend. But I wouldn't give a sucker or a punk for a rocker a dime till I get it again. Everybody go, hotel, motel. What you gonna do today? Say what? I'm gonna get a flag, girl. I'm gonna get some spaghetti and I drive off in a jet. OJ. Everybody go, hotel, motel, holiday, and her well. See, if your girl starts acting up, then you take her friend. 
And we'll probably leave it on that because yeah, I think that's yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. I don't know. <laughs> I, kind of up, I kind of slipped up on the words there, but I'm like, there is a reason there's three guys that sing this. Uh, I mean, if, if there's ever if I'm ever gonna do a best of the Sharp Dojo series, that's the bit this king clips. Oh, thank you for sure. Um, so that's, that's the bit. That's the bit that you're gonna that you're basically gonna put online is like this is a thing that happened and you need to see this. <laughs> this is the what is the, the clip I pimp out forever. <laughs> Just dine on. <laughs> um, I don't think we're ever gonna top that at all. So where oh. can people find you at the moment on social media? Um, sure. If you want to know more. Well, again, like my social media is a little bit dormant at the moment, but again, trust me, when it gets back on, it's going to get back on. But you can find me at Facebook uh, under Close for Rebranding at the moment, but it will be under at Moran 92 That is also my Twitter handle, at Moran 92 And I believe it's also my Instagram handle. If you look up Sean Moran on Instagram, you will not only find a few of my pictures from Wrestling Past, but you can also find what I've been playing recently and what I've been uh, collecting over the last 18 months. Uh, and yeah, I think that's all the that's all the social media plugs that I have at the moment. Maybe I'll open up a Twitch, maybe I'll open up an OnlyFans. It's, it's all entirely it's, it's all entirely up to supply and demand at this moment, Billy. So if the people want it, then the people can have it. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining me today. Uh, this is, of course, the Sharp Dojo series in association with Liu King Sharp's online dojo. We didn't really speak about the dojo on this occasion, but you can go and check it out, find it on Twitter, oh, find absolutely. it on Facebook. It is a wealth of knowledge uh, from guests like Hector Guerrero, uh, Bill James, uh, Jimmy Rave. I think will be a guest by the time this goes out. Um, yeah. There's um, so many. He's, the, he's got his little black book out, his, his old Liu King Sharp. And, oh, uh, uh, yeah, like uh, what what he's done with it has just been has been great for getting a lot of people like back into motivating to for for wrestling starting back up again. I will say like his seminar with Mikey Riprack a couple of weeks ago is up there is like one of my favorite seminars I've ever done, whether it be online or otherwise. So yeah, like if you're wanting to if you're still struggling to get back into training or you want to try try something new and basically take tidbits from like some of the best that Lou can provide then by all means uh, feel f for anybody listening feel free to feel free to sign up because literally every person that he's brought in it's just been non-stop hit after hit perfect well again thank you for joining me today no oh, I appreciate that Billy thank you very much for having me.